Welcome to the Earwig Review, Episode 9. I don't actually know where to begin. We got lots going on. We got our posts. I gotta read, I'm gonna read a story, the beginning of a story called Lotus Pond Earth that I'm gonna record the audio book version of next week to post on YouTube. Last week, on Thursday, I believe, I posted a story onto YouTube in audio form, one that you've likely heard before if you listen to the show. Sunset Oil Plus, I did a full reading of the audiobook. Just a short, very short story. Two, three thousand words or something. I think it went up about 15 minutes on the YouTube. Um, which is good to know. Let's say, let's make a generalization. If I don't rush the reading, it seems like 15 minutes per 2,500 words. So, food for thought, how long some audiobooks can get. The Lotus Pond Earth, however, currently available on www.joshuahalalbarski.com PDF version is I think around 15,000 15,000 words so that'll be longer we'll see if I can get it done next week I've made Thursday the new audiobook recording day so I got these five short stories that are up on the website that I'm sure you've seen all those book covers at the bottom and currently trying to record them all in audio form and then have an audiobook of short stories then I'll move to printing that short story book in the future once uh, once it's time. But all those PDFs are already there if you want to read them. But the, the adventure now is audio booking them, which uh, doing this podcast has been a huge help and inspiration to moving towards that goal. So I'll look forward to getting those all done first one went out last Thursday Sunset Oil Plus, give it a look and I hope I hope it works, I hope it's good it's not overproduced, I did there's two takes behind it, I really wanted to do it all in one take but I fumbled some words so I just you know, stopped recording, went back you might not even notice, I hope you don't it should be pretty seamless uh, it's not like every time you listen to an audiobook the narrator goes and reads the entire 10 hours straight through. Uh, I mean, that'd be great if they did. But I don't think that's realistic. Maybe one day, you never know. 
YouTube. Here's the other thing. It's all it's all kind of tangled in this whole thing I'm trying to work out. I'm going to put the podcast on YouTube starting with today's episode. So episode 9 will go on YouTube. And then what I'm going to do is use the transcription, the the AI transcription that the the YouTube generates. And then I'll have the whole show in text form as well. And I'm sure some of it's going to come out wrong because it's auto-generated. If you ever watch YouTube and you see, you know, you hit the closed captions and it auto-generates the captions. And it's it's okay, but it's generally will throw in some weird curveballs. So I'll have, you know, all of these episodes, you know, an hour worth of me talking or an hour and a half or whatever it ends up being. And then I'll have all that raw material um, that I have no, I'm not positive what I'll do with, if anything, maybe I'll do nothing with it, but maybe there's certain excerpts that might be useful that I could start building something or other with um, one day in the future. So last week, I think I was reading an excerpt from the story Son of Arnold, and I did this whole preamble and I was completely joking and I said oh maybe I should transcribe that one day and make it the preface for you know the book version of that story and I think that train of thought just kind of kept going I was like oh well what how would maybe I could do that off of some transcription software blah 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 next thing you know I'm like oh let's try that um then I ran into the next issue I need I need images to be in the background of the YouTube video. I didn't want what am I supposed to put in the background? It just needs to be one, it doesn't have to be anything fancy. I don't have to go, you know, record a feature length movie to put into the background with the audio or whatever. I need some images. So I was in contact with my friends at Hughes Gallery and spoke to them about my predicament and we've got an arrangement. You will provide images or this week, yes, and next week, I hope, yes, too, and we'll, it'll be an ongoing thing. Okay, um, my audio cut off momentarily in the middle of that, uh, I think because of how I saved the file, whatever, it doesn't matter. Anyway, lost my train of thought. What I'm trying to get at is I'm working with you, Gallery, in collaboration to have images provided for the YouTube pages. And this is a clusterfuck of um, my, my mind gets so tangled so fast when I'm talking about YouTube, the website, but there's also use gallery who's in the business of image, the image arts, etc. Now, the you and YouTube, Y-O-U-T-U-B-E 
youtube.com the YouTube channel where I'll be posting all of this stuff which I don't even know the address for it it's under my normal YouTube page I think it's probably youtube.com slash uh, I'm typing in right now to figure it out Joshua Barsky youtube.com slash j-o-s-h-u-a-b-a-r-s-k-y youtube.com slash josh barsky you can find currently sunset o plus short story and then you'll see episode nine of the earwig review you use gallery as just the letter u for those who don't know and use website is you 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 s dot info that's the website for you now if you go down you'll see all the the shows current show from the gallery you'll see the past shows it's all there and then you'll see the diary entries five four three two one then you'll see project spaces 21 all the way down to one and then you can see the contact should you need to be in touch with use but if you click on number 14 you can see that me and you have collaborated once before well, on the website officially, in project space number 14. Now you can see on in 2019, there's a, a billboard of sorts that you can see. And what that billboard was at the 67, at the used gallery in their former location, not 67 steps gallery, because that was even before use. We had an advertisement for my original Patreon page, which has since deceased and moved to joshuahalalbarski.com. In the original iteration of the Patreon, this is 2019, if you can believe it, I was trying to figure out a way to have a basically a system for new writing and how to put it out online and build some kind of workflow this was one of the in uh you know original attempts of of this all and i think what i was doing back then was trying to write a tv show it's only script form so the tv show came out in pdfs of scripts and each month i put on the next episode I, it just didn't ever click properly. I definitely worked pretty hard at it, but the format, the it just wasn't correct. And I knew that in my gut. Something about screenplays and the amount of revisions that you want to do on those things to make them good, it's more than a month. You need, it just is more time, I thought. 
It just wasn't happening in the way that I was happy with, and I wanted to revise, 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 revise. And, you know, it was, yes, it was good to have a monthly deadline with it to, to kind of finish something and put it out there, but it just wasn't right. From there, I left that and started to take that material and, you know, just found a new home for it. Um, and then I started writing some screenplay-esque um, theory stuff, writing theory stuff, trying to organize my thoughts of how all the, the story structure stuff would go. And that was all right. But again, it, what I knew in my gut, it wasn't um, perfect. It wasn't perfect. So I left it behind. And, event and then it formed into the website no, then it formed into the posts, daily posts. And after I did that for two years or whatever, when I got past the 600th post, then I started the Earwig Review podcast only two months ago. So that's a bit of the history of this whole train of thought of where we've kind of landed. And then once those posts i think once i got to the 500 mark then i started putting the pdfs of the short stories onto the website and got the joshualbarski.com website to drown out the patreon thing so an interesting kind of full circle event here um to uh get these images for the new youtube from Use Gallery, and the first one you'll see, I loved so much. When in, when I got to see what it would be, you'll see the fly on the the chain, and you'll see the ceiling, and that's going to be the image for episode nine. You'll see it on the YouTube, and uh, I think I think it's great. So that's a bit of the uh, of what's been going on now without further ado 15 minutes in I've been just talking marketing but let's get to the what we all came for the posts let's get right into the posts here now first off October 16th. We've got some good traffic I'm noticing on the post this week. People are checking out the post, the daily posts. You can get them off the website. You click them and I can always see um, the return customers. I can't see who they are, but I can see people are, are clicking these things every day, checking out the daily posts. And, uh, and I love that. That's so fucking just makes me really happy to know that people are clicking these things reading them and uh, hopefully getting uh, some enjoyment they must be if they're coming back so that's good and slowly over time that num that consistent number has been growing and uh, and I, I'm always very it's very encouraging very happy about that let me talk about before I get into the post I know I said I would now I'm not but there's couple of things sometimes during the week now 
I kind of store up some some little kind of notes in my head about things I want to talk to on the show. And I got two that are just, I'm just going to get them off my, my chest here. First thing I wanted to talk about was, now this is going to seem fucking so, um, maybe rudimentary or something. I don't even actually know what that word means. I think I know what it means, but whatever. Writing, when you're writing prose, there's, there's two things you can do when you're writing dialogue specifically. You can write the dialogue, blah, 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 they said, blah, 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 they said, blah, 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 quotes or no quotes, whatever. You write what they said literally on the page back and forth. That's obvious, standard. The other thing you could do is describe what they said in a paragraph so you can explain that this character talked about you know so and so such and such character um, talked about how to um, fill up a cup of water from the tap and then you know they that's it there's use instead of using the line of dialogue that they actually said when they were doing the thing you just you explain it as a whole so you don't have to actually write the dialogue you just explain what they're talking about so if you think about in your normal life when you're telling someone what someone else said there's two ways you can do that you can quote them and do an impression of them or you can give a summary of what they said two different ways of talking. And one thing I've noticed is sometimes I only want to write the actual dialogue like uh, in a screenplay form or even in a, in a book, you know, you just, you have a lot of fun writing the dialogue and having the characters come alive that way. And other times with other stories in different phases, I hate doing that. It's such a chore and I don't, and I just want to say, give those, that summary. It doesn't, I don't want to get into the character voices. So sometimes I start beating myself up over it where I'm like, you know, okay, just it's so lazy to just write the summary, but I'll go back later and I'll write in the dialogue. So I was doing that for one of my projects where I, uh, there's the Blue Nile, which you probably heard me talk about a little. Um, there was bi- barely any actual dialogue in it, but I went back and uh, started to write that dialogue in. But it felt so contrived. It felt so just didn't. I was like, this is kind of good. It's like developing a bit. It's making the characters more specific, but it was killing. It wasn't right. It was making the the characters too detailed. It's almost like if you thought of like a drawing of like a super um, hyper-realistic portrait drawing of of someone versus like a cartoon of them where it's just like a, a couple scribbles and it's, just, you know, it's like South Park versus Mona Lisa. You know what I mean? Like they're both representative of people, but the Mona Lisa is hyper-realistic. South Park isn't. So... Sometimes you want to 
to write that very realistic dialogue and make them come alive and try to do the magic trick where they're actually there. And other times, it's better for the tone of the show, the movie, the book, whatever, the story, for them to be cartoons. That's the genre of the actual story. So I thought I was being lazy and I thought I was kind of um, taking a shortcut. I didn't really know what it was or I thought I just didn't want to, that I was in the mood of, uh, you know, I don't like people right now or something, which doesn't really make sense. You know, sometimes people say like, oh, I really like people. Well, you know, everyone likes people. That's, I don't, I don't really, I don't think that's really a thing. Um, maybe I'm, sometimes I think I'm feeling too narcissistic. Um, to want to deal with others or something so i don't want to write dialogue right you know i'm reflecting on on all that stuff but it doesn't i got to think about it differently i got to just it doesn't matter one way or another reading some other books um and seeing the you know the different ways of going about it because there was one book i was reading i found so boring and it was constantly with this fucking realistic dialogue and i just didn't care i did not care and it was so relieved, I was such a relief to pick up a different book that just kind of scanned through it and just explained what they said and blah, 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 it didn't matter. We don't have to hear the actual conversation. We just get the, the protein of it and moving on. And then yet a third book where it was a great mix of both, you know, a little summary of it and then a couple lines if they matter and then back to the summary and then kind of going all over the place. So really you know, uh, opening up that way. I feel like I kind of learned something, uh, in that, in that way, uh, recently. So I was, I was happy about that. Which brings me to the second point I wanted to talk about, which is this idea of, uh, getting out of your own way, right? You hear that a lot, uh, not just in creative stuff, but all over and, and, in your pursuits in life, getting out of your own way, what does that really mean? And I think that's an example of it, where it's like, I think I should have the actual dialogue because that's what people do. That's me getting in my way. My way being, well, maybe they're just cartoons and that's what, uh, in this in this particular story, and that's all right. If I don't have the impulse to actually go in and do those details what the fuck it doesn't matter no one uh, no one asked for that anyway and, and even if they did it doesn't if it's not needed it's not needed it's not that I'm being lazy it's just it's not the tone of the show as I was just explaining so I was, you get in your own way in, in certain um, certain times and I think I can see so many versions of that in my um, in my life as a writer especially of being in my own way um and i gotta say that i think the one place where i feel like i force myself to get out of my way and it's opening a lot in my confidence and my productivity and just you know general um satisfaction is with this whole process where you know writing these posts once a day read now reading them on these podcasts and uh and that's it 
even if I wanted to get in my way, I'm kind of forcing myself to just uh, do what I do and then that's it. It's done. <laughs> you understand. Surely you understand. Surely you understand. So those, those are the important um, things of the week. And uh, I'm happy to talk about them. And I was very excited to break that down. Here in the microphone on the Earwig Review, episode number nine. October 16th, a post titled Dying in Mustard. He was a fly who died in mustard. He was a celebrated pilot. He was a revolutionary. He flew through the salt mines in the 2015 war. He was both a capitalist and a socialist. He understood that they were both good. His favorite joke was misogynistic and racist, and he laughed his ass off every time he told it. And there he was now, dying. His wings twitched, he buzzed in a circle smearing mustard across the table, buzzing. His name was Hershey the Fly, and I will remember him dearly. I know that he would be happy dying in mustard. It was his favorite sauce, after all. Now, I'm realizing there's a fly in this post. And in the image <laughs> from Muse Gallery. What a coincidence. What's going on here? I think the fly in the mu the image of the fly in the mustard um, was was fun enough. What is what is fun about a fly drowning, lying and dying inside of a glob of mustard. I don't know, but I, I think it's funny uh, and, and gross. And, um, and that's what was going on. This particular fly was a capitalist and a socialist. And he understood that they were both good getting very political on the show here. He was a misogynist and a racist. Well, his favorite joke was, that doesn't mean he was. But he always thought this joke was funny and now he was dying. Smearing mustard across the table buzzing. His name was Hershey the Fly and I'll remember him dearly. I know that he would be happy dying in mustard. It was his favorite sauce after all. A life well spent dying in mustard. Any deeper meaning? Not that I see. Dying in mustard, October 16th. Let's see. Next up, we have something called, it is good to be mundane when it is time to be mundane. A turtle shell, a paint roller, a turtle with no shell, 
a paint roller brush. I'm unsure if they are equivalents. It may be the opposite. It is good to be mundane when it is time to be mundane. I was cutting onions today, powering through. I had a brief consideration that there may be a guy out there who chops onions with his erection. And instead of crying, I have no idea what kind of tears he has. I did not share that thought with my wife or mother-in-law as they sat on the couch on the other side of the room talking about how the day went. I will say this for the turtles and the house painters of the world. I suppose it is true that it is good to be mundane when it is time to be mundane. Very well. One thing that's going on here, and this is probably the ultimate pattern of all of the posts that I've noticed, is start, begin with random image. Build somewhat of a situation or story off of it. And then find a way to tie the end of the story back with the random image at the beginning and try to stick the landing ta-da that's always the format of these that's that's probably the exercise if you can imagine you know doing a push-up very specific form go on the ground put your hands there your feet balance up down and up a lot of these posts, this that's the, the structure. That's the form in the broad strokes. I'd love to break that just for the sake of doing something new. Um, but I haven't figured it out yet. And I probably don't always do it. But I think if ever just kind of a standardized, you know, form, that would be uh, what ends up coming out. Not, I would say not. Uh, with deliberate intention but it's just the what happens um, in this case I think it's fine I think it works a turtle shell a paint roller a turtle with no shell a paint roller brush I am unsure if there are equivalents it may be the opposite it's good to be mundane when it is time to be mundane that phrase i feel like uh this week definitely felt like things were um mundane uh things were calm things are good things are all right at the moment uh, a couple of weeks ago i was in traveling and getting sick and had all this family drama it's like trying to just keep up with it all was the the uh, the hard part things have been calm this week and you and i've become self-conscious about feeling mundane especially when uh you gotta when you're finding things to write about and uh your general demeanor and your general disposition is quite calm there's no real problems and that's uh you know you don't want to watch a tv show about a guy sitting in a chair you want to watch a TV show about a guy sitting in a chair who gets struck by lightning and 
you know, has to get rushed to the hospital and half his brain's melted and suddenly, you know, he's kind of telepathic but also has no cognitive ability to speak and then he gets hired by, you know, a fisherman to uh, speak to fish and they create an empire of, uh, you know, uh, fucking squid um, fishing and they freeze them all and make a million dollars a day off selling these boxes of frozen um, squid in every supermarket in the world until they realize that, you know, all of these squid um, are telepathic to this guy and even though they're frozen, they're not dead and he's tortured by it and he has to set them free um, or else, you know, listen to them uh, be tortured in the hell that he's put them in for the rest of his life and um, what's he going to do? And that's your uh, first 40 minutes of uh, the movie there. So, otherwise, guy sits in a chair doing nothing and um, it's pretty boring. And I get self-conscious about that. But I'm trying, what I'm trying to say in this post is, as the title implies and as the title says, it is good to be mundane when it is time to be mundane. And it was time to be mundane, and here's why. I was cutting onions today, powering through. I had a brief consideration, and this is a fact. I was cutting onions, making dinner, and this thought popped in my head. This is the thought. I had a brief consideration. There may be a guy out there who chops onions with his erection. What? And instead of crying, I have no idea what kind of tears he has. I did not share the thought with my wife or mother-in-law. As they sat on the couch on the other side of the room, talking about how the day went. Now, should I have told them this random absurd thought that came into my head no absolutely not it was not the time that's a good thought to tamp down save for later write in a post and then talk about on the earwig review on sunday afternoon and that's what i did what good would have come of me sharing such a thought but it begs the question of, you know, what thoughts to be shared and what thoughts not and who are we really? Anyway, no real, um, <laughs> what real, um, you know, insightful image or insightful information what what good insight let me put it that way what good insight is there in this idea of a guy who's has the ability to chop onions with his erection none some things are just fucking dumb and meaningless i mean you tell me right what am i not seeing kept it to myself dumb thought and uh 
and that's that's the post it's good it's good to be mundane when it's time to be mundane right that's the point that is the point of it all do not let yourself go so unhinged october 18th tossing sodas at the wall i was standing on a soda can but it wouldn't crush so i stomped on it and still it wouldn't so i went and took a massive hammer and then a sledgehammer, but I couldn't get it to crush, so I tossed it at the wall, and it exploded and created a massive portal. I went into the portal and saw 18 giraffes tangled up and screaming. What the hell, I said. I tried to untangle them, but I couldn't. I told them to stop screaming so I could think of a plan, but they wouldn't shut up, so I went back through the portal. And then it closed, and now I can't get back there. I keep tossing sodas at the wall trying to get a portal to open, but it isn't working. I keep hearing them, the screaming giraffes, their purple tongues, wailing and flickering like candle flames. I wish that I could help them, but I don't know if I will be able to. Almost 20 minutes have passed, and I'm still thinking, and I'm thinking about it still. But I've come up with nothing. So that's all I can say for now. Tossing sodas at the wall. I was standing on a soda can, but it wouldn't crush, so I stomped on it and still it wouldn't. So I went and took a massive hammer and then a sledgehammer, but I couldn't get it to crush, so I tossed it at the wall and it exploded and created a massive portal. So what are we talking about? I'm thinking, of, I think I was sitting at my at my desk drinking a fucking soda and looking at the can and um i'm not particularly feeling uninspired but as you as the last post explained being in this state of um living in the mundane life that's what that's that's what's really going on there trying to go with it and trying to uh, trying to own it, and uh, okay, so let's throw the the can at the wall, and it and it goes somewhere else. Let's get out of reality. That's all that's going on. So it's you know the writing process, trying to crush this can, just trying to crush this can. And what is the impulse? You know the impulse. You finish a can of soda, and then you just want to put it under your foot and crush it so that it's flat or uh you know crush it together and flatten it it's just a good feeling it just needs to happen sometimes because it can because that is the that is the result of being a can is that you must get you must crush down because for no good reason other than it can happen I wish I could explain it better, but it's so true. Now, we have this can. I can't crush the can. Meaning, I can't... It's a it's a weird itch. It's a weird frustration. I'm sitting and, and you know... Sitting and tuning into um, whatever frequency to try to write something. Because it's time to do that. But I can't get the, I can't crush the can. So, 
Let's look at the uh, the portal. Let's get in. Let's do it. I went to the portal and saw 18 giraffes tangled up and screaming. Why 18? I don't know. Probably no no good meaning. Uh, it's just what it is. Probably the sound of 18 seemed correct at the time. This is kind of the, you know, definitely talked about this before, but the musicality um, that influences the aesthetic of any sentence you write, whether you're texting your buddy or writing an essay or writing your book. It, it's a, the nuance of how you're describing things are not lost on the musicality of it, right? The way the syllables go, choice of words, but beyond explanation. 18 giraffes tangled up and screaming. What the hell, I said. Um, I tried to... Un is definitely dealing... Wheeling in the... Uh, excuse me. Wheeling and dealing... In the realm of the cartoon this week, it seems. Definitely drawing cartoons in these posts. One thing... I think sometimes when uh, if you only draw cartoons, you never draw realistic stuff. Maybe you feel like it won't, like your like your work won't be taken seriously, right? Um, and it's it's like um, watching a comedy versus a drama. It's really that simple. We think for some reason we have the um, the idea that a drama is worth more because it's because of the tone of it because it's serious in nature versus a comedy is like oh you laugh it's not doesn't really mean as much it's just fun and then you know on to the next thing that's obviously super ignorant and I think another version of trying to get out of your own way so. In this case, drawing this cartoon, trying to crush this can, opening this portal, seeing these giraffes all tangled up, not knowing what to do. You know, it's, it's all, here I am on one hand, trying to be like, get out of your own way, just write the thing that, that you're tuned into. But then I'm like looking at it and like, wow, it's, it's mundane, it's not very good. Um, but then again, maybe the, Maybe it is. Maybe there is something. What if you never... What if I never got the chance to... Um, why not write about 18 tangled giraffes in an alternate dimension that you got to out of the frustration of not being able to crush a can? Why not? Is there a, something more serious and insightful in the newspaper that's going to uh, that we're better off reading perhaps the the two need each other right the antidote to one um, there too much of one requires another right not to get too self-conscious about it just to let it happen anyway what happens then? 
I get locked out of the portal. I keep taught and then it, they wouldn't shut up. So I went back through the portal. So I was too annoyed by this, by it all. And then it closed and now I can't get back there. Uh-oh. Drama has ensued in this strange comedic sketch. I keep tossing sodas at the wall trying to get a portal to open, but it isn't working. I keep hearing them, the screaming giraffes. <laughs> Their purple tongues wailing and flickering like candle flames. I wish that I could help them, but I don't know if I will be able to. Almost 20 minutes. Okay, so there's the moment. I wish that I could help them, but I don't know if I'll be able to. And it's true. Um, you can imagine... Knowing there's some suffering going on, but also knowing that you are helpless to being able to fix it. Um, you're never not in that... We're never not in that state, right? In life. Never a moment in your life realistically can go by without having to put take that feeling and ignore it or deny it or you know put it somewhere but it's that is perpetual since the moment you can comprehend another person's suffering the moment you develop an, enough cognitive ability to have empathy to be sympathetic you are always going to be in a state of putting that away or f forgetting about it whatever organizing that through so that you can live your day-to-day -day life if you had too much of that you couldn't function right but it's also uh, it's the truth of the matter and you, you can't well i don't know what can you do this is my, uh, <laughs> this is my, uh, Silence of the Lambs. This is my take on Silence of the Lambs. <laughs> That's how it's done over here. Um, I wish that I could help them, but I don't know if I will be able to. And then this, there's a split in the story here. And I, and I, wrote that line and I remember I'm thinking back to the night and I'm sitting there thinking and I, I kind of stumped myself usually I, I don't I'm able to write these things pretty straight through but I stumped myself there for some reason I just kind of stopped and then it goes almost 20 minutes have passed and I'm thinking about it still but I've come up with nothing so that's all I can say for now a wonderful resolution to uh, to the story here. So that one's pretty fun, actually. Tossing sodas at the wall. That's pretty good. Now, what's... I'm just looking back here. Dying in mustard. We got the fly in the mustard. And then the next one, we got the, the turtle with no shell and the guy cutting the onions and the mundane. So we got a we got a, a fly, a turtle, and then a giraffe. Definitely, we're definitely drawing animal cartoons this week. <laughs> and, uh, and that's all right. 
does it is it entirely um creatively satisfying no it's not um but that's where we're at right now october 19th sports drink bath mat factory the bath mat factory was full of cockroaches and clinically depressed people and people who are depressed but do not have a formal diagnosis I don't know what they're thinking. I don't know why they're here. I was just walking down the street for the first time in two days and I saw them all there. I was walking along and veered off to some path and there was the bath mat factory. What the hell is with all these bath mats? And why they were lighting them on fire? Why were they lighting them on fire? Why? Just changing that. Why were they letting? Why were they? Right. The they and the were were flipped. It was dyslexic. I was walking along and feared off to some path. And there was the bath mat factory. What the hell is with all of these bath mats? And why were they lighting them on fire? Why is there a lightning bolt zapping the same guy over and over again? Why are there so many cockroaches walking into the incinerator? Why are these people so depressed and obsessing over the lost and found box? I need to get home. I am sick of being here in this bath mat factory. On the way home, I might stop and get a sports drink. I'd rather not spend the money, but I'm pretty thirsty. And sometimes there's a deal. If you buy two. It seems that in each episode of the Earwig Review, my cat jumps from his cat tree, which is behind me, and goes to the door and needs to go into the other room. I see why. Because his food, it's lunch, it's, it's lunch time. He's got a, an automatic feeder and the food came out. And uh, that's exactly why he went. Okay, what's going on here? Yes, are we seeing some patterns again? We've got our cockroaches instead of our giraffes, instead of our turtles, instead of our fly. The bath mat factory was full of cockroaches and clinically depressed people and people who are depressed but do not have a formal diagnosis. That's a fun, I like that phrase. Clinically depressed people and people who are depressed but do not have a formal diagnosis. I don't know what they're thinking. I don't know why they're there. I was just walking down the street for the first time in two days and I saw them all there. I was walking along and veered off to some path and there was the bath mat factory. So thinking about the previous post with soda same kind of similar structure beginning at this kind of you know doing this normal this yeah they're not the same i'm stuttering because i'm i'm seeing they're not the same but what i'm trying to say is going inside of the bath mat factory feels 
in a similar structure to the portal that the drafts are in. So again, this kind of similar structure from one day to another that that slowly kind of you know finds its way. I was just walking down the street for the first time in two days and I, I saw them all there. I was walking along and veered out to some path and there was the bathmat factory. Right, this is what I was trying to say. I think in the one before the narrator goes, what the hell, when he sees the all the giraffes. And in this one, he gets into this, you know, second, um, uh, this kind of second act part, this other dimension, this other world, and says, what the hell? So that's, that's what I think I was trying to get at, uh, but I stuttered and fucked it up. What the hell is with all these bath mats, and why were they lighting them on fire? I know the tenses are kind of fucked up on that too. Why is there a lightning bolt zapping the same guy over and over again? Why are there so many cockroaches walking into the incinerator? Why are these people so depressed and obsessing over the loss of bound box? I need to get home. I'm sick of being here in this bath mat factory. Same as the last one. He gets frustrated and he's like, I'm leaving. I'm going out of the portal. See what I'm saying? Same. Same structure, actually. Huh. Okay. On the way home, I might stop and get a sports drink. I'd rather not spend the money, but I'm pretty thirsty. And sometimes there's a deal if you buy two. Earlier today, I was talking about the... Um, needing to tie things up at the um, at the end of the post and now I'm already as soon as I left my mouth now I'm already seeing that I've built this pattern that actually is working a little differently and maybe I had the thought earlier in the week and now I'm just kind of catching up to you know that old subconscious thing that we're always uh, looking at. There's a mundane kind of ending to today's and yesterday's. Yesterday's was like yesterday's, the day before this one's, this post uh, with the drafts where it says, I don't, 20 minutes have passed and I don't know what to do. And this one goes, I might stop and get a sports drink. I'd rather not spend the money, but I'm pretty thirsty. And sometimes there's a deal if you buy two. And then I'm going back to the other one. Whoops. Tossing sodas at the wall. About 20 minutes have passed and I'm thinking about it still, but I've come up with nothing, so that's all I can say for now. That ending is the same in a way to on the way home, I might stop and get a sports drink. I'd rather not spend the money, but I'm pretty thirsty. And sometimes there's a deal if you buy two. It's not a. It's a resolution of um, that doesn't result. It's an ending that doesn't resolve the conflict. So it's an anti-resolution to to the story. Um, something that I'm pretty critical over when I see done in. Uh, you know, in your average book or your average movie. It's kind of a cool way of um, just not really dealing with... It's the lazy way out most of the time. It's kind of the, I'm not really going to have to say anything. It's kind of a slice of life ending. You tell me what happened kind of a thing. So I can see myself doing that in both these cases. But 
the alternative is um, trying to kind of bullshit the things together and be like, try to stick this this landing and knowing that uh, it's kind of ridiculous. So tr I'm, I, what I'm talking about is landings. Uh, how to, to end something and just give it give it a point and make it um, make it good. I think the what probably I should start looking at um, or maybe the next thing to grow towards is the the punch joke punchlines. Um, that's kind of the most masterful um, when it done right obviously it's the best thing in the world but uh, thinking about the ending as a punchline on these posts would be uh, kind of the next phase really kind of ending on that note so thinking about structure this week for sure October 20th, the hell of it all. Yesterday, there was a kid's hat on the ground. A winter hat, not a toque, but the kind with long ears and a string to tie. And I saw it again. And today I saw it again, but someone had moved it off of the sidewalk and onto a ledge. You could see they put it there and dusted it off because they knew what it was like to lose a good hat like that. When I saw it there, I remembered the dream I had between these two hat sightings. I dreamt that my sister and her husband got two pit bulls and you've got to understand something. You've got to understand that she's got a one-year-old and a damn Yorkie. I remember walking down the street, seeing the hat and remembering the dream. And I remember the dream. I have the intelligence of an inchworm. I have the intelligence of an inchworm who is a genius. An inchworm who escapes dream pit bulls and moves hats just so. An inchworm who moves hats in a way that expresses the peak of human kindness. I am the inchworm who eats apples in a way you only thought exists in cartoons. All right. Um, now, we're talking about the structure of these posts, the structure of these posts as individual posts. But one thing that um, happens on the show as I look at this I end up seeing the structure of the whole week and reflecting on it hence the title The Earwig Review and there's always you know Monday is always a little weird it's like I'm like kind of okay what's going on fresh start uh, where am I gonna what's gonna happen and then it's like, get out of your own way until for Monday, for Sunday, Monday, Tuesday, and I think even Wednesday. Those kind of first four days end up kind of sketching out this thing. Kind of, uh, you know, a few trial runs before you kind of go for real. And it seems like after Wednesday, when I get to the Thursday, Friday, posts something different happens and it's i feel like on the thursday posts because of the momentum of the week behind it 
I kind of get to something a bit more interesting and uh, new sometimes. Maybe it's not always the case. I, I would have to look. It's just kind of a general feeling I have. But in this case, I feel like this one's really a little different. It kind of breaks the, the patterns and it's a little less stifled. It, it's absurd, obviously, this one especially. Um, but the momentum's going on those Thursdays. So something about that. And then Friday, I know, is like always trying to have this natural resolution to the week uh, and how that kind of feels. Because uh, on Saturdays, I shut it down. I don't do any posts on Saturdays. And then on Sunday, the year review starts and, you know, whatever. The big reflection. So there's the structure of the individual post and there's the structure of the week and that's about as far as i can comprehend i can't look at the structure of anything bigger than that i just don't have the, the intelligence or the data maybe whatever yesterday there was a kid's hat on the ground a winter hat not a toque but the kind with long ears and a string to tie so that was true walking down the street close to the house seeing one nice kid's hat on the on the ground and feeling sad it makes you sad to see a, you know a glove on the ground that someone lost a hat a scarf whatever when it's especially when it's a, a little kids you know they lost their thing very sad and today i saw it again but someone had moved it off of the sidewalk and onto a ledge so that was kind of this like nice thing that i saw and i was like wow i had i saw it and i felt sad but i didn't do it i just kept walking so I was like, ah, I shouldn't touch it in case they, I think I was like, oh, damn, they need to retrace their steps. It'll be exactly where they left it, which is stupider than taking it and putting it onto the ledge and dusting it off so it doesn't get fucking trampled uh, and just sitting there. It's like show, showing some respect to, uh, you know, to this whole thing. So I was like, oh, yeah, you're right person whoever did that and you can see how the uh i mean i don't know, just read the post you could see they put it there and dusted it off because they knew what it was like to lose a good hat like that and and um they took the strings of the hat and just like they were like straight it was like someone like really like carefully placed it there um and i thought that was so sweet i really did i i thought that was like and I think the post probably explains this, um, but it's really the the peak of human kindness, right? Of like just noticing that and taking just a moment to kind of straighten it out. It defies, you know, all human characteristics of class, race, you know, politics, whatever. It's just like someone lost their thing which is sad and then another person tried to um help them out you know it's really just so fucking simple and uh and you can't really get much better than that you could give a billion dollars to a charity but i feel like that is not as pure of an instinct or action than what i saw on on two days on the sidewalk here it's just so straightforward and really how much better could you do you can't i think that is about as a good of a person as you could technically be 
there's that's all you need to know you want to be a good person that's what you do period everything else gets so fucking muddled so fast and it becomes instant bullshit um but that that works for me i think that's that's great When I saw it there, I remembered the dream I had between those two hat sightings. I dreamt that my sister and her husband got two pit bulls and you got to understand something. You got to understand that she's got a one-year-old and a damn Yorkie. So, again, this is kind of the, you know, we were talking about the, when I was working in the kitchen and and I had this random thought and just capturing it even by accident and being like, what's with the random thought? Um, you know, yes, I have diagnosed ADHD, but um, I don't know. It's possible. It's possible. That's all that is. <laughs> it's just a, a bug in the system, right? Just like straight A to B thought and then random um random interruption random interruption with no it's a total synapse misfire maybe there's no information there but maybe there is and um and when you're talking about your intuition you're talking about your certain kinds of intelligence or idiocy to be, to be determined which uh, which it actually is. Uh, that's what I'm I'm always trying to investigate, and in, uh, in my own ways. And uh, and and that's I feel like that's one of the big questions of my life is to f to follow the ran the train of thought. And when a random interruption occurs to you. Do you f is there information there or is it bullshit? Is it smart to consider those interruptions and think that there's a bigger meaning to it? Or is that is that a sign of idiocy? I don't I don't know. And we're, we're talking a lot about getting out of your own way. Well, to get out of your own way and to really kind of be yourself would be to embrace that. And, and go with it, right? And not kind of think that it's, that the way your, your mind works is stupid. In fact, maybe it's the opposite and that's okay for your own sake but then there's the rest of the world and there's the audience and the desire and need to communicate with others and to connect with them in a meaningful way or even in a way of 
just for basic utility. The, you, you, it's just part of it. It being everything. And um, I, I wish I knew. And maybe it's a bit of both, you know, but <laughs> um, I do wish I knew. The connection in this case, I think, is that the closest I am, my sister's son, my nephew, is one years old, <laughs> as the post says. So, you know, I see a, a hat like that on the ground, and... Um, and I think that's who I would think of because I kind of in that from he's the guy I know best in that from that point of view so I think about that and that's maybe where I remembered my dream as I was walking and saw that hat and I just you know it could be it's that simple like, oh what if well, what if that was if that was his hat it'd be I'd feel you know I want to get him his hat back yeah, well, okay, maybe they'll just buy a new one, but, you know, maybe you like that hat. Fucking whatever. But then there's this... The dream was about them getting these pit bulls, which is super weird, because they have such a, such a, like, you know, they have this your Everything's very cute and innocent there. And so the idea of them having these pit bulls is, like, couldn't be crazier. So... And that's coming from the dream world, right? Uh, and I'm not, like... I don't like care that put much relevance on dreams at all or like even interpreting them I'm like whatever it's not of big interest to me but it's funny that in the 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 dream of it you know a Yorkie versus a pit bull that's a those are the opposite those, that's the spectrum of dogs so it's funny it was funny in the dream it was very shocking <laughs> I mean in the dream it was very serious and I was like you guys this is really bad you guys you guys can't do this I remember walking down the street, seeing the hat, and remembering the dream. I re and I remember the dream. I don't know what the fuck that means. I remember walking down the street, seeing the hat, and remembering the dream. And I remember the dream. I don't. That, I think that is just a fucking error. <laughs> and, and remembering the dream, and I remember the dream. Okay, no, no, no. It's saying that I remember remembering the dream, and I still remember the dream. Sometimes you forget fucking dreams right away. Um, or you remember them and then you remember that you you forget them. You know that you've forgotten them. That's what I'm trying to say. Okay, now here's the split moment. And it's this. I think it's the same as the two posts before where we're, we're in the resolution phase of it all. So we've kind of, you know... Still that pattern of like, okay, what's the scenario? What's the absurd situation? Where's the hook of the story? Getting through the complications of the story, you know, okay, then these things happened and it built and built and built and then um, took that as far as it could go. I'm talking about just fucking standard story structure here. And then we're in, then there's a split 
and that's been the trend of this week is um when we get to the resolution there's a split and then the, the one who was like okay i sat here for 20 minutes and didn't come up with anything there is no resolution um and the other two um i wish i remembered it was uh oh i'm suddenly on the way home from the bath mat factory it's like i'm gonna go get a drink from the convenience store <laughs> you know just forgetting about it and then the sodas um that was the 20 minutes one so you know that's all of it so in this case it moves into this other kind of world where it says uh i have the intelligence of an inchworm i have the intelligence of an inchworm who is a genius so that's you know listening to as i kind of break everything down it's like that's what what it is right an inchworm probably one of the stupidest creatures of all time you'd assume i don't know uh, but they look pretty dumb and uh but i have the intelligence of an inchworm who is a genius so it's trying to be like look like it's you know it's okay an inchworm who escapes dream pit bulls and moves hats just so An inchworm who moves hats in a way that expresses the peak of human kindness. I am the inchworm who eats apples in a way you only thought exists in cartoons. I think that I see what it's what the celebration is here. It's kind of a very triumphant last few paragraphs. And it and it gets somewhere where the other two didn't but i don't know if that would read i wonder how that would read from your average if that would translate i mean fucking whatever it does this is what i'm trying to say is like there's me being self-conscious saying i don't know if it would make sense but i think what must be adopted and hopefully not through just brute ego force is a real sense of confidence that this that it would translate that what i'm trying to say here means something and has some kind of value and when we talk about you know cartoons versus uh you know the serious comedy versus drama cartoons versus the, the nice portrait painting <laughs> it's like um it's just so elementary like it's it's this kind of argument is like haunted my whole life and and you can probably imagine like it's something you probably thought of when you were like 10. <laughs> but I've never really got over it. It's kind of been a whole thing. I'm the interim who eats apples in a way you only thought exists in cartoons. I'm an interim who is floating in soda water for no good reason. I'm doing it just for the hell of it all. Damn right. I like this one. I'm won over by this... Um, by this post 
the hell of it all. The magic of writing on a Thursday. And a lot of soda water in these posts this week. They're everywhere. Constant from day one. The first thing that happens. Uh, no, the second post. First one, it's like, uh, it's about mustard. The second one is when he's trying to crush the can, I think. I'm trying to find it. Where did it go? No, it's the third one. And it's called Tossing Sodas to the Wall. Whatever. It's Tossing Sodas to the Wall, the sports drink, the hell of it all has got a soda. And lastly, imagine this. The, f the f final post of the week titled The Soda. A can of soda launched from a slingshot floating across the sky. Some guy was standing around and almost got smoked in the head. What the hell, he said. He looked at the soda on the ground. There was no one around. He didn't know who tossed it. There was no bird in the sky. There was no one around anywhere. He looked through his binoculars and checked his heat radar tracker device, but he didn't see anything. It was a soda he didn't recognize sugar-free cola he cracked it open and it exploded and fizzed all over the place it got all over his hand he extended his arm and held it outward so it didn't get on him still he cursed and switched the soda into his other hand while he shook the other hand off he drank the soda and relaxed he thought that the soda was good and eventually he went back to wherever he came from home presumably We got our so a can of soda launched from a slingshot floating across the sky. Some guy was standing around and almost got smoked in the head. Good. So I was standing around like a dumbass. This is me. And not really paying attention. Just fucking standing in a field for no, no good reason. And almost getting hit in the head by a soda can that came out of nowhere. Again, sitting at your desk trying to write waiting for lightning to strike or you know f some break in the pattern because what is story after all then here's a pattern and here is an event that breaks that pattern and complicates things towards a series of twists and turns leading to a big climax of um unexpected results and then the um and then this, and then the resolution happened, and that's what happened in the story. <laughs> story structure 101, um, dare I say. So, for the third time this week, this kind of second act thing happens, and, and it's like, what the hell? <laughs> what the hell, he said. He looked at the soda on the ground. There's no one around. He didn't know who tossed it. So this one's a lot about being on your own. And, um, you know, what if it was just you and you and, and the outside world? Maybe, uh, maybe it doesn't matter, you know? There was no bird in the sky. There was no one around anywhere. He looked through his binoculars and checked his heat radar tracking device, but he didn't see anything. 
It was a soda he didn't recognize, a sugar-free cola. He cracked it open and exploded it, and it exploded, and it f and fizzed all over the place. It got all over his hand, he extended his arm, and held it outward so it didn't get on him. Still, he cursed and switched the soda into the other hand while he shook the other hand off. He drank the soda and relaxed. He thought that the soda was good, and eventually he went back to wherever he came from. Home, presumably. I think it says what it needs to say. I think we get it. And, and I don't mind that post. I don't mind it. It works. A good end to the week. There we have it. The post from October 16th to October 21. The ninth episode of the Earwig Review. Now, while we're here, I want to just break open Lotus Pond Earth. And I'm not going to read the whole thing. I'm just going to just start it off a bit. And see how it feels because this week I am going to read the whole thing and make it into an audiobook. So let's see. I'm going to read let's see how long the first chapter is. It's more than 10 pages, so I'm not going to read the whole part one. But I'll find some kind of natural place to stop. Now, I haven't looked at this material in a, in a while, maybe a year. Um, I don't know, maybe more. I don't know. So let's see what happens. A burnt tortoise shell lay in the gutter. Its flesh had been carved out. Harold and the mule went along, guiding a wagon that was covered by a tarp. They passed the corner store and the other abandoned shops. A lanky black horse was tied to a metal pole outside of the police station. It was the sheriff's horse. Harold nodded at the horse and knew, as well as the mule knew, that the horse had been there for some time. Harold entered the Blue Tail Workwear store and went to the back of the shop where he had a cot and a shelf and the rest of his belongings. He kept the mule and the wagon in the yard and kept them in his eyeline through the window. Harold Lane's caught and leaned his rifle on the bedside table. He looked at his stopwatch and logged the time into his notebook. He tallied the, out he tallied the hours and noted that it was 10 in the evening on Friday, November 3rd in the year 9. He reset the stopwatch and began to rest. As the hours passed, the daylight remained and did not dim as he slept. Harold was awoken by a rustling from inside of the shop. He took his rifle and held it to his shoulder and went towards the sound. Get out and raise him. I'll shoot your fucking head. I don't care who you are, Harold said. He went into the shop and looked along the entire aisle. He saw a boy's feet from beneath a rack of shirts. Harold held the rifle and said, Who the fuck is there? The boy raised his hands upward and came out from behind the shirts. His teeth were crooked like someone had failed to yank them from his skull. The boy looked up at Harold, ignorant and defiant like. The boy was Robert. He spoke with a young and fearless voice. I'm looking for a pair of boots and I got some good trade to offer so unless you want this line of shirts covered in guts maybe you should go on and sell me. Sell me them. Harold spit on the ground and then Robert spit on the ground like him. Is this a damn shop or not? Robert asked. It's a damn shop. 
So measure my foot and give me a damn boot. How'd you get in here? The door. That a smart answer? It was open. The hell it was. I jimmied the lock. Harold still held his rifle at his shoulder. Robert did not look threatened by it. This is the best I got to offer. Robert showed Harold the thin strips of dried meat he had. Harold looked at them suspiciously. And what's that? You want it or not? That man? Robert shook his head. What is it then? I traded for it. Is he human? That's all I got, so I'll give you it for sizing my foot and getting me a boot. What kind of meat is it, boy? I told you I don't know. What kind of boot you want? A soldier's boot. I'll give you a work boot. I'm looking for a soldier's boot. Robert offered Harold the meat. You taking it or not? Finally, Harold lowered the rifle and took the meat. He put it into his pocket. What size boot are you? The hell should I know? Harold knelt, knelt down and sized Robert's foot. I don't got no soldier's boots in your size. They don't make them like that. Unless you want ladies' sizes. I don't want no ladies' sizes. Then a work boot's going to do. Harold gathered some options from the shelf and showed them to Robert. Robert looked at the options carefully. Well, which one is most like a soldier's boot? Harold looked at the boots and considered the question. He held out an option. This is a good boot and it'll serve you well. Could wear it on any battleground. Good as any other. Alright, give it here. Harold loosened the laces and held the boot for Robert. Robert put his foot into the boot and Harold laced up the boot for him. I'm going on to be a soldier. In what army? I'm finding one. And I'll take down more parasites than any man before me, you'll see. The hell you will. Ain't no army left. No one's got what it takes to kill like me. Uh-huh. Robert studied Harold. You a vet? Harold did not answer. Robert took some steps around the shop, feeling his foot in the boot. He looked proudly in the mirror. Now take your boots and go on. Robert stood and stared at Harold. Go on, boy. Robert scruffed out of the shop through the door. Harold went to the door and looked at the lock. There were scratches on the glass. He could see where the boy jimmied it. He wasn't lying about that. Harold went back to the shop and took his stopwatch. He noted the hours and tallied them into his notebook. By his count, it was near four in the morning. The light had not changed. Harold went into the yard and sat with the mule. They ate the meat the boy gave them. Harold lay in the dirt and the moon and the stars pierced through the white sky. The constellations were long scrambled. They were mostly clustered into a certain area like they had been swept into the corner with a broom. Harold woke again and did not know how long he had slept. He wrote his best guess in his notebook. He ate some powdered sugar from a stick and fed some to the mule. They walked through the town and when they passed the police station they saw the sheriff's horse laying in the dirt still attached to the pole. The horse looked thirsty and irritated. Harold and the mule went towards the police station. Harold held his rifle at his shoulder and the mule followed him and guided the wagon on the other side of the window. The jail cells were vacant and there, was no, and there were no guns in the armory. The door to the sheriff's office was nearly open and Harold listened closely before pushing it forward with his foot. Towards the desk, Sheriff Billy hung dead, his pant leg tied from a beam in the ceiling towards his neck. Damn it, Billy. Harold lowered his rifle. He looked at the mule who waited patiently on the other side of the window. 
The office was organized and there was no sign of anything that happened other than a man who hung himself. Until Harold noticed Sheriff Billy's leg severed from the calf downward. It was hard to imagine the sheriff hanging himself, hopping on one foot, but Harold supposed it could be done. Harold took his knife and climbed it onto the desk and cut the sheriff down. And at that moment, there was the boy. He made a run for the door. Harold dropped the sheriff's body. Its skull clunked off the edge of the desk and it sprawled on the ground. Harold grabbed the boy and held him by the scruff and put the, put the rifle to his head. Boy, I didn't do nothing. The hell you didn't. Robert desperately tried to scramble out of Harold's grip. Let me go, I ain't done nothing. Harold dropped Robert onto the ground and still pointed the rifle at him. Take them boots off, boy. We traded. You got a pistol to negotiate with or are you going to squirm your way into a grave of your own? I gotta eat. I'm damn hungry and I gotta eat. He did himself in, so what's it matter? No soldier eats his kind. Now give me them boots back. Robert wouldn't do it. Harold pushed the rifle into Robert's neck. Take them boots off, boy. Robert did. A soldier gives a man a burial, returns him to the earth. Were the worms just going to eat him? Harold hit Robert with the butt of the rifle. Robert fell backward. What did I say, boy? Robert felt his head where Harold hit him. He looked dazed and blinked his eyes repeatedly. Harold felt remorse for doing what he did, but he had no intention of showing that to the boy. He made sure the mule was still with the wagon on the other side of the window. Robert unlaced the boots and gave them back to Harold. Now come on with it. With what? Harold picked Sheriff Billy up from the floor and held him up by the shoulders. Come on, boy. Robert looked defiantly towards Harold and said, I'm not doing nothing. You earned back those boots by giving this man a proper burial. Robert looked at the mule and the wagon outside. I will take no mercy on you, Harold told him, and did not break his gaze until Robert took the sheriff's leg and severed shin, and they carried the body away. All right. That was the first 10 pages of a story called Lotus Pond Earth. And you know what? I didn't mind that much at all. This is uh, it's a Western story. And... Uh, Definitely in the vernacular, in the kind of the phrasing, I could see a lot of awkwardness that um, I would love to iron out, but nothing that makes it so um, so bad that you don't you don't get it. So, um, pretty fun actually. I was I was have, I liked reading that story, Lotus Pond Earth, available on joshuahillabarski.com. Go check it out. The ebook. Sorry, the audio, the ebook is available there. The audiobook will be available on YouTube in the next couple weeks, maybe this week, if everything goes smoothly. That'll be youtube.com slash Joshua Barsky, J-O-S-H-U-A-B-A-R-S-K-Y. This episode will also, in audio, in, of course, it's in audio form. <laughs> the this episode of the Earwig Review will be the first to go on on YouTube on that same page. So take a look there. Um, maybe that format's useful for you. 
you can share and subscribe and do all that wonderful stuff so that um, there we can get the earwig review out into the world and find um, a, a bigger audience a bigger audience that's something that um, that I'm working for um, that I want to figure out I want to figure out how to get um, as many people listening to this as uh, they want to listen to it you know, I want to have uh, some kind of real substantial audience with this thing one day um, no shame about that definite years past in my life where I would not want to talk about that or didn't really know what the point of it was but I, at this point I know got to find the right audience get the word out there and uh, and that's what it is so um, anything you can do to uh, spread the word honestly I would I couldn't appreciate it more uh, if that's uh, something natural for you. Uh, special, very special thanks to my favorite gallery on the planet, Use Gallery. Take a look at their website. You can get there at uuus.info and um, see what programming that you can take a part in maybe you can go and visit the gallery one day project space 14 is where the pictures will be funneled eventually when the time is right that's uh that's our little that's our room over there project space 14 and i believe that's all for the week so Thank you again for, for being here, listening. Um, I hope there was something in there for you that you enjoyed. And um, we'll see you next week.